Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 214. Uh, right now, I'm in a secret location. I, I can't specify. I can't show where the location's at, but I have a very, very special guest coming out of Boyle Heights. Viva Moscow. What's up, man? What's up, bro? How you doing? Dude, hey, I'm going to let you know, man. I'm a little nervous right now, man, but, you know, I, I brought the beers because, you know, I make me get kind of nervous because... Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers for the nerves. Hell, cheers for the nerves. I mean, that beer you just had is from Long Beach Beer Lab. Probably one of the top uh, five breweries best on the West Coast. I've never been, but damn, this is a good-ass beer. Double, hazy double IPA. It's not bad. And double IPAs always pack a kick. Yeah. And I think they make a triple, too. Mm. Like a 10 or 11%. God but damn. the only thing about those hazies and stuff, when you drink too much of it, that thing just comes out your pores when you sweat. Oh, yeah. You're you know? smelling like IPA for three days. And plus, so. you get a little beer belly because all the hops, you know? <laughs> So I just want to say, uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I think the last time we met, um, you, you did a podcast with Rodium Radio, and yes, I know sir. Tony invited me, and I think uh, that was probably one of my, my top five podcasts because it was you, but also uh, Clear Bear, mm -hmm. and it made me understand you, but also made me understand Clear Bear, and I just want to say that it's an honor to have you on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Even though you're a Dodgers fan. It, man. Hey, don't hold it against me, you know? I know. I don't want to get beat up by Felipe. Don't say it too loud. There's a lot of crazy Dodger fans around. Oh, my God. You. It's all good. Hey, but, hey, as long as you got the World Series, that's all I care about. <laughs> yep. So how's your day going so far? It's going good, man. Damn. Um, your studio, this is this is like a little man cave right here. Yeah, you know, it's our it's the creative space. Um, definitely my carved out little little hole in my wall, you know? I know, I saw like your bikes, you got your, your little studio, and you can watch the UFC fights here. Yep, got the big TV, watch the games, and mm -hmm. keep up with all our stuff, and watch the videos on YouTube, you know, and keep up with the other, other music out and whatnot. You know, just, this is, just came in my head right now. I, I, I see that you're hustling, and you're engineering, you're doing music, you're doing prints, you're doing podcasts and all. Has, has a lot of people ever tell you you're like one of the Renaissance band? Um... From time to time, people will trip out when I tell them, like, all the stuff I do. And I try to be, like, as uh, as humble as I can be sometimes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's, like, look, yeah, I do that. Oh, I just did this. Oh, I just did that. You mm -hmm. know, I'm like, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just letting you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you have to be because, you know, like, if, if I was doing all that stuff, I mean, sorry, babe. If I was single, you know, I would have been like, oh, this guy can do it all. Oh, I'm saving money. <laughs> oh, it's like that. But... It's, it's, I think it's kind of good to kind of know everything what you do because you're saving money. I mean, that's what I see a lot of people doing. They're like, hey, I, I want to do everything. I want to see what's behind the scenes. And also with podcasting, what made you start getting to podcasts now? Um, I mean, just another outlet to have a voice, another medium to reach people. Uh, just even a few years ago when we had our old studio, we used to just set up our mics and just plug them in and run, and all of us would just talk shit and have our podcast. And really? we call it the EOTR Studio Podcast. It's still on SoundCloud. And we would just, you know, just get our thoughts out and just have another way for people to, to jump on. And it never really got super popular, but the people who did listen and the super fans who are who are always tuned in, they got to just hear us in another light and mm -hmm. hear, hear different inside jokes and other little things we were doing at the time. So, uh -huh. what, year was, know, what year was this? This is like 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we did a vlog on uh, YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just trying to stay really busy and um, the goal of this studio was to kind of do that again and enable it again. Um, 
I haven't been following through with my own podcast and my own ideas as of late. Mm -hmm. I've been more focused on live events, you know what yes. I mean? And, you know, I just had a baby, so that's Congrats. taking a little bit of my time. You know? Fatherhood. Hey, fatherhood <laughs> is 24-7. Yeah, man. And I have four kids, and I, I have to Ooh, be around. Four kids. Let me shake your hand. God damn, bro. Hey, my pull-out game's whack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, no. you, you don't miss. You like Steph Curry, fool. Don't trip. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But having... <laughs> that was a good one. Having four kids is, is nonstop because I work overnights. You know, I take care of my... I have two older boys that live with me full-time. I have, you know, me and my lady were saving up to get our own place and everything. So I'm around, I'm all over. I like to keep myself busy, hustling, doing podcasts, working, family and all that. There was going to be a balance. But, you know, for me doing a podcast with you, this is like... This is, this is my hobby. I love doing this. I see you, bro. I see the notes and I see... The setup and, and I it's see my, your genuine, I'm, it's like, my colleague, like, yeah, man. Uh, enthusiasm for it, you know, and it really, it really like gets me excited because like, there's times when I'm doing this, I even have business partners and homies that I, I, we have this equipment right here and they they won't get excited to do the podcast oh, or I man. gotta be like, come on, fool, let's get this shit going and like, or I'll fall short sometimes, you know, I'm doing so much and like, yeah, that's just how it goes. Sometimes you have to be able to allocate like, yo, this needs the full attention. Yeah. And this over here, you know, number one priority has been the baby and my lady, like, yeah, yeah, top, yeah. you know, and that. then it's been, like, second with music and, yeah. and making money. You know, you have to be able to make money and generate money. You know, luckily, I've gotten to a point now where if I drop something or if I do a show, I'm able to make revenue, you know, and, like, make a nice chunk of change that's like, all right, I'm paying some bills and I can make a move with it. Before, yeah. it was just, like... Yeah just barely be able to make ends meet you know yeah I mean? because I, I a lot of people get criticized you know like why are you rapping can you really afford that can can people really live off being a you know hip-hop yeah, artist you can or not? you can and like I, I went through that i went through all that like mm -hmm. you know one, one of my other homies even to touch on it like when when he was when he first started and stuff or when he when i first met him you know he kind of thought it wasn't possible yes Especially because he, he kind of thought he was too old. I could pass them by. Oh. And now I'm the same age he was. And I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, if he had just done that since that point, he, wherever he's at now, 39, 40, 41, mm -hmm. he'd, he'd be doing it too. He'd easily be making a living mm -hmm. off of, off of mm -hmm. you know, that hustle. It just takes time. It just really takes time. And luckily, mm -hmm. I went through that shit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a certain confidence that comes with it now, even as I'm meeting younger artists, like mm -hmm. I'm like, I used to be you. Like, and when I would hear that, I would kind of get a little offended, you know, so I don't, I don't say that artists because I know that artists could be very sensitive, you know, yeah. so I'm like, they think it's a shot at them. Like, mm -hmm. they think they're one of a kind. I'm unique. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And then you get a little older, you humble yourself, you go, you know what, there's nothing really unique about me besides the point of I have my one story I can tell. Yes. And I'm willing to outwork or just do the work necessary needed to be successful or to reach my goal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now when I see young artists, it's like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I've, I've been there, you know, been yeah. there, done that. And experience sense. like, God damn. And I never mm -hmm. thought I'd get there. I always thought mm -hmm. I'd be stuck in the middle struggling and I still struggle. But like now just in a different way. But, you know, I, I, I trip out on that and seeing it now just in this new wave because it has been like two, three years now that I've kind of taken note of that. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a trip. It really does trip me out. Mm -hmm. I have to sit back and kind of smile at it, you know? That's awesome. How did, how did you do when when a lot of stuff was getting locked down and, and you know, you couldn't perform in this? Like, was it like, well, man, what's, what's going to happen, you know? A little bit, you know? I, I think 
First of all, I, I was all right because of that EDD. Shouts out to EDD. Shouts out to everyone who got free money last year. That shit was amazing. R. I'm not EDD. That's like it, I'm it, not it mad at that, man. It ended last week, or like, and, and fools, I'm, they're not even feeling it yet. And some of them aren't, but everyone will. <laughs> but anyway, that's how I was able to maintain as an artist, which was amazing. The fact that they let us as entrepreneurs and as as artists be able to receive some some help because you never do yeah. in other countries and other places. They pay artists to travel. They believe in the arts, where they have grants. Mostly they have in France, like huh? I see a lot of people France, in France. Canada. Amsterdam? Amsterdam? The Netherlands. The Netherlands will pay artists to live and to, to create. Like, what? It's amazing, bro. Dang. They don't, even, they don't have homelessness there. They, they allow any place that's not being used. If you own a business and you're not occupying it, you have like a certain amount of time to occupy it. If not, anyone can go in and, and pay you rent and, and pay a minimum of rent and live there. Mm -hmm. So like, why, why would we have an empty building and a homeless person? Give the homeless person a fucking building and just make them get a, a decent amount of job and give them a low income. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it makes purpose. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. I see crazy. a lot of that stuff going on because in the, you know, we're having a huge uh, deficit, you know, with the homeless in Cali, you know? So they've been, the state's been buying a lot of these hotels that don't make business. Hey, we'll just buy them and we'll put the homeless in there. And, they, you know, they can stay in there at the same time. They can look for a job and everything and get back on their feet, which is pretty bunch of awesome and stuff like that. Right, you know? right. But um, I I don't yeah, know. We went off, went off topic. No, no, no. no like... it's, all, it's all good. But um, it's just something where going back, it, the music, it's uh, it's very inspiring. Um, I was telling you that one of the songs that you know heaven uh, behold mm -hmm. that i was listening to that me and my lady would listen to that the whole day uh, for some kind of reason when i listen to certain songs i i get stuck at it where i just listen to a whole day repeat 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 yeah. to really understand it and some sometimes i put on my playlist for like my motivation it's like sometimes like oh if i don't want to do a podcast i i got it i need that motivation i got it and that's what I did. I put one of your songs on my motivation songs to to get me pumped up. And, and I was playing it when I was coming over here because I really want to understand the music of what you put out. But I really want to understand you. So uh, how did you get your name? Um, so my name, it derives from my first rap name, which was Mezcalito. Yes. And Mezcalito is this spirit guide that people meet when they're uh, taking a hallucinogenic substance called peyote yes and long story short there's another synthesized version of peyote called mescaline you know mm -hmm. so you know everything comes from nature mm -hmm. so you know you got the coca leaves and you turn that shit into cocaine like that's what fucking humans do if you well, get this you turn it into that you well, get hops and barley you turn it into fucking delicious beer does you think you think coca-cola has coke in it too well i used to right that's all they had they used back to put, in the day they used to put coke in there right? yeah <laughs> i mean that's why people get addicted to that shit but, yeah yeah back at the house you got sugar cane and you turn it into sugar and motherfuckers have heart attacks and you know <laughs> or you know have diabetes or whatever it's like anyway man gets shit from nature and turns it into a substance so yes you know, the peyote is the substance version of, you know, uh, I mean, mescaline is the sub substance version of peyote. So um, mescalito is that spirit guide. And there's a writer I like called Hunter S. Thompson. And he wrote a story called First Visit with Mescalito. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I ever heard that name, Mescalito. Mm -hmm. I read the story. He, t he took a bunch of mescaline. He was hallucinating. He's having all these profound thoughts and, and this experience. I thought it was super badass. I started reading about who mescalito is or was his name 
And it turns out it's this spirit guide. And mm -hmm. people even have drawn pictures and we're looking at them on Google. If you Google Mezcalito, there's actually a, the, the, the like embodiment of what people visualize on that. So mm -hmm. anyway, I just thought that was super dope. And I always felt like myself, like being the spirit guide, kind of like being that for people, being, being this, this, this source, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it plays to like my mischievous side. I grew up the oldest of four and like I had two brothers, one sister and I was the oldest. I was always messing with them. I was always, <laughs> I was always having fun. We we're always just like, you know, causing trouble and being in the streets and just like, it's always been my nature, you know? And, and so, you know, I, I took that name, I ran with it. I got a little buzz off of it, but I hit a certain point where like, every time people were Googling me or looking for me, there's so much mezcalito out there. Yeah that I wanted to, to, to narrow it down. So about two years ago, I changed my name from Mezcalito to Viva Mezcal. And the reason that I did that is just to cut out the, the you know, the Ito, the, the, the little part of it, and just have the name stand by itself. Mm -hmm. And then Viva being, you know, a derivative of our, of our, you know, Mexican roots and of our Chicano culture and throwing it in the front of my name and being like, nah, every time you say my name, you gotta say Viva. You gotta say long Viva. live. You gotta say long live this motherfucker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's just a way of just throwing it, throwing it in front of my name, and I've ran with it ever since, man. And yeah. that's been that's been my mentality. Like you, you could call yourself whatever you want. You run with it, you believe in it, and people will believe in it too. And it's been crazy to just see people love the name, or people just bump the music and wear the mm -hmm. merch, and like yeah. get into that the mythology of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, just some shit I, I came up with. <laughs> I, I, when I hear your music, I really want to just close my eyes and really think of what you're saying and understand it. And at the same time, when um, a while back, when when you were a guest on Felipe Esparza, that's where I first heard your name and everything. And and you know, I. I Oh, like you know, Tony A said, you know, there's a lot of good people coming out of Boyle Heights, and with the music and the videos that you put out, that it it made me, it made me be, it made me, uh, made me to be uh, proud to be Chicano, and you know, we talked about earlier, it's you know, there's so much of these stereotypes and everything, and I wanted to start over and learn about my roots of where my family came from and everything. And at the same time, going to school and learn how to speak Spanish, learn about the culture and all that. And the way how you talk about it and you're proud to be from Boyle Heights and, and the underground and, and just, it to me, it's like the stuff that you put out, the stuff you put on your IG, it, it's very inspirational. And it's very, it's very um, intriguing at the same time. It's very fresh to me. Maybe people see you, okay, I already seen that already. Maybe to me it's, it's, it's new to me and I like it. I'm very intrigued and stuff like that. So I just want to say thank you for putting, oh, that's dope, for, I just want to say thank you for being you because there's times where sometimes I'm, I'm embarrassed to be Mexican because of the stuff that's going around, the political stuff, which I don't want. But, you know, the stuff that you put out, it's, it's, it's a lot of the stuff that you do, it's positive. And I like right. that. And we need that well, in life. Thank you, man. Well, I, I sometimes I forget that, you know, you tell your story for so long or you just, you know, I hate to sound like, like, oh, I told you or something like, but I have homies are like, I was telling them that, like, be proud of where you're from. Like, we're, we're the next wave. Trust me. I was saying this 10 years ago, 12 years ago. You know, I didn't want to call my shit anything else. I called it East of the River. I said Boyle Heights. I said East LA. I didn't just say Los Angeles. And people mm. used to pull me to the side and be like, who... You should just say Los Angeles because no one knows where Boyle Heights is. 
no one no one fucks with these slows like that. You should say LA because it's more broad, it's more it's more appealing. And I'm like, man, I never been to I never been to Staten Island, but I know that that Shaolin and the Wu Tang and this rapper comes from here. I never been to Queens, but I know that this shit and this I know this street, I know this street. Why? Because I grew up a hip hop head. Mm -hmm. And those rappers put their names and their blocks on on full display. The same thing with Compton, the same thing with South Central. Yeah. How come we can't do that? How come we have to conform and have to do that? I was like, nah, fuck that, Charlie. I'm going to do it like this. And that was back when I first started rapping. And there was not even a scene like there was now. So it's like, I kind of was, I'm, I've been ahead of the market in that sense where like, now it's cool. Now all this shit is like, nah, it's, it's always been cool. It's always been dope. We have a very unique and very fucking rich culture. Yeah. At the same time, sorry to interrupt you, uh, with Boyle Heights, you guys were fighting gentrification. I heard stories like, man, Boyle Heights, they're just trying to put their foot down because little by little, all these gentrification is coming from East Los and mm. they changed the culture and everything and people are getting kicked out or moved out right. or going to different cities and they're jacking the prices. But, yeah, but, but with Boyle Heights, you guys, you, know, still like, keep in, you guys are keep on fighting still. You know, that's the power of sentiment. Perception is reality. You know what I mean? Like, Echo Park could get gentrified but no one says anything no one calls it out um people be like what does that change well it changes people from wanting to move there it changes people from wanting to get away with this shit mm -hmm. like like they know they're doing it we know they're doing it but then no one says anything mm -hmm. and i give people the, the props for doing that mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know how much of a role i played in it i just as a rapper and as someone who walks these streets you know i felt like echoing the sentiment of people being like, man, this is fucked up. Hey, mascot, did you know this and this and this and this and this? And I'm like, damn, I didn't know that shit. So then I get on the mic and I'm like, did you know this and this and this and this and this? Like echoing and, and being a broadcaster for these fools and what they're saying while I'm still questioning it all. So I'm saying, okay, if we know that this is going on and property and this and that's going down, how come none of our family and people ever got together and bought one of these houses? How can we rent it for 35 years? Oh, you know, that I'm like, I'm going to ask that same question the hmm. same way I'm going to ask, hey, man, how come the city fucking put five freeways around our community while Ooh. we have terrible air quality? Yeah. Hey, how come the cops don't do their jobs and yet we have a brand new police station and we have the most patrolled area, but yet crime is the same or going up? Like, these are the things I'm still going to ask, but I'm also going to ask the opposite too. Like, hey, fool, how come you want to gangbang and fucking fuck up your life? I don't get it. Explain to me that because you're blaming it on the cops. Cops are blaming it on you. And here I am, the fool in the middle, normal ass person, just saying, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you trip out on how much other resources get yeah. supposedly allocated to fixing these things, but yet they all stay the same. Yeah. Have, you, have you lived in Boyle Heights all your life? Yeah. And, Born and uh, how was it back in the 90s, 80s? Oh, shit, dude. It, it was fucking insane. It was insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen people get shot. I've seen people fucking... Get jumped into gangs, get beat up, get, you know, it was completely different than I just heard now. stories when Felipe says about Pico Disco. Oh, yeah, dude, that was that was like fucking like ground zero for a lot of it, you know. And at the oh. same time, it was there was a lot of community there, there was a lot of beautiful parts of it that we lost, you know, like people were more tied in with the struggle and they had their each other's back a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and certain ideals and certain so that's the thing, like if you don't. It's almost like if you don't call it and say where, where everyone's moving, people will start to scatter 
and I don't mean moving physically, I mean moving mentally, like as a, as a community, if we don't start holding certain values higher than others, then you're gonna see that like, people will move towards those lesser values and you'll, you'll, you'll start to spread out as a community and that's when you can just get divided and conquered. You know what I mean? Huh. And, and I think that's probably the, the lesson to be learned from the 90s to now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my generation kind of tries to figure that out. Some of them, you know, some of them just rather just get the hell out of the hood. And I understand. But there's other ones that are like, nah, I'm going to try to stay here and we're going to try to figure this out. Let's buy a house here. Let's do this. Like that's you don't see it that much. But it, that's no, like Boyle Heights is unique like that. Yeah. I got homies who went to UCLA and went to fucking Harvard they still come and, went back. To, and they still came back. So and even then, though, then there's like, a piece of me, too. Like if I so make a million tomorrow, do I want to move the fuck out? Like, do I want to raise my son in a place where there's a homeless fool over here and tweakers trying to break into the car and there's still the little fool's gangbanging and shit? I don't blame you if you want to move out. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone, and, and some people don't have it in them to stay. And I have to question myself too. Do I want to stay if I'm if I'm financially successful? Like fuck, it's hard to say. You know, like I'll have to get there and then that's figure that, it out. That's a good point. You know, but I'm not gonna promise anything, and no one's gonna tell me. Well, you rep Boyle Heights, da 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 da. But you live you in gotta, the city. You have to do this. Like, yeah, I get. I could get why you're saying that. But that's still not gonna stop me from giving my family the best opportunity. But I will fucking I, when I get there, I'll have to say, all right. How are we gonna do this? Like you know, even do yeah, even though I get shit, even though like I li- I live in Long Beach and people's like, well, you're from Wilmington, but I don't see you in Wilmington. Well, I'm I, I like sixty percent of my family live in Wilmington. I still yeah. because I work in San Pedro and I always go back. Nah, and, yeah, and show and love. if you were raised there and you want to still show love, like yeah, dude, it's all for me. You know, it's been a necessity to live in my house. My my mom and them they own the house. You know, I rent mm. from my parents, so it's just like it's made more sense to keep the money in the family, keep the money in the hood, and like. We, we, my family was smart enough to buy a house and not rent. Luckily, you know what I mean? A lot of my friends that I went to school with, they, they lived in apartments their entire life. You know, a couple of them, if their mom and dad's normally stuck together and they had a stronger family unit, this is just facts. These are just statistics. Statistically, like- you're probably living in a house and you probably had a better chance at your upbringing. Don't mean shit. I still had homies who came from great families who chose to gangbang, who chose to live a crazy ass life, and some of them never made it out, and then had no other reason besides the allure of it. And and we grew up hella fast in the hood. We grew up hella fast in the hood, especially back then. By you know, I had friends by 12, 13 were full time gangbangers, making more money than their parents, and driving and going out, getting high, doing drugs. I already had a girl pregnant at 13, 14, bro. Damn. Yeah, like. We grew up like that, right? Quick. And and now I think like the newer generation, like, you know, it's not like that. You know, it's really not. And kids can be kids longer. And I, Do you and think I, the I kids like now these part. days are a little bit more soft now? Oh, for sure. Because they're not tough like how you how we are. No. Nah. And we weren't even as tough as our parents. Our parents were even more tough. Like our, our parents, their parents used to beat the fucking shit out of them. And then, <laughs> and then our parents got beat and they got beat pretty bad, but fucking not as bad as their parents used to and then we got hit pretty good but not as bad as our parents and now us won't even touch our kids oh, oh I, I just tell i just tell my son hey hey child right child abuse bro that's it yeah, child, i'm gonna that's call it. i'm gonna tell him I'm like dude i used to get i used to get like i remember one time my dad was so pissed off one time i must have talked back it's like wait till we get to the house this my fucking dad's an asshole but i fucking love you dad he woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, poured a bucket of water and started hitting me with the fucking vow to get those fucking red marks like yeah. god yeah. I remember those days. You tell me that you can speak, man. Dude. No, dude, trust me. I was a bad kid, bro. We I were. Was, oh, yeah. I was the curious got... George of my type. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got I got some good ones back in my Woo! day. I won't even want to bring them up. Hell no. Nah. You fucking get, get a... 
straight child abuse stories Hell right nah. here. Like, I'll be sucking the walls like Boys in the Hood. Uh, <laughs> I'll be sucking the air. <laughs> Fuck you, dad. What was the type of music that you were listening to back in the day? Like a little bit of dad. everything. My mom, like, my mom grew up on, like, ODs and, like, mm-hmm. she used to love Smokey Robinson and, like, the Gap Band and, like, you know, Michael Jackson was, mm-hmm. like, her favorite. Um... And then, you know, some Spanish music, too, like Rancheras and, like, Sente Fernandez and stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) of course, you know, and, and, but also a lot of hip-hop, a lot of, like, newer stuff. There was hits on the radio, you know, my mom would bump the radio, we'd be into any, any type of shit, like, you know, and then I got into rap and to hip-hop, but I even had, like, my rock phase when I only listened to, like, the Offspring and, like, fucking... Offspring? Like, like, Damn, I didn't see that coming. K-Rock shit, like, fucking... <laughs> the use AFI? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Bro. Emo like, day, Take It Back Sunday. Shit, fucking, fucking uh, Slipknot shit, like, any, corn. anything corn. Or like, if it was popular, it was popping, they had a CD out. Of course, we were, like, the CD kids. You go to Tower Records you, and Were you ever, shit. like, a metalhead? Or was, like, the Spanish rock? Not really. But oh. I would go to the shows and parties. They're fucking crazy, yeah, huh? Yeah, cool, because yeah. they'll be popping. Like, There's a lot of girls, too. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got exposed to music, too, because East L.A. and Boyle Heights has always had a rich live music fucking scene. That's what I heard. Like, you know, I know COVID kind of made it more under the under the carpet right now where people are really, like, low-key. But, you know, in my heyday, bros, like, going to flyer parties, gigs, shows, Garage backyard. Three, four of them a fucking night. We would party hop. Five, four or five, and then we'd go to South Central at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Because they would still, South Central, they didn't give a fuck, and they would go all night at warehouses and shit like that. Four or five o'clock. And reggaeton fucking parties and Damn. shit. Like, fucking, it, you know, it was wild. That was my thing. I didn't do, like, I was in the sports. I played basketball, and then I, you know, I would go to parties. What? You played basketball? Yeah, I played Me ball. too. Played ball. Wait, point uh, like the Like, forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, point guard coming up, and I got a little, my little growth spurt, so they fucking want to... Varsity four years? You're like, hey, you're six one, fuck. You're tall for a Mexican. You know, you're a center now. Like, uh, what the fuck? No, I'm not. I'm a fucking... You guys good? Yeah, you guys good? We're pretty good. We're uh, pretty good. I, was, I, played- I, I played all league. I made the all league team. My brother made all city, second team all city as a point guard, and that was uh, like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, what the fuck? And cabal. And oh, me and him came up balling our whole life. Like, I got to play at... I got to play at uh, Great Western Forum. I got to play at... Staples Center, I played at Poly Pavilion, oh, I played shit. at Cal State LA, Fuck just yeah. for different tournaments, and we'd always make it to the championship and win, we won a few of them. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we were ballers, we played up, we used to just play up all day, every day. Bro. I was playing basketball at Northern Cal, uh, I went to this little Christian school, and I was four-year varsity and shit, nice. and I was playing sports and everything, and I got a scholarship, and well, that's what happens, where you get too cocky, you play ball, and... Stepped on someone's foot, broke my ankle, sprained it, played the ball to get, did it again, fractured it, broke my ankle in three places. Damn. So I have four screws and my scholarship from Gordon College in Massachusetts down the drain. Division wow, three. Bro. I was Damn. done. I was done. That's I can't. You could ball. I was, I was scoring 28, 29 points a game. That's and I was like 5'9, five, 5'10, five, and going against like NorCal has ballers. Like yeah. we're going against some of the like, Oakland teams right, and all right, that. Right. No, California is a strong state. They don't for fuck basketball, around, bro. They don't yep. fuck around. We have some of the best schools and these these powerhouse schools and shit. So. Even East Los has some good shit. Yeah, East Los kind of you know we're we're Mexican community, so it's not like we have these six 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 eight fools every left and right, you know. But right. we can it's still okay. ball. We can still ball and like. What about football? 
Football, I played a little Pop Warner when I was a kid. Okay. But by the time I got a little older, I was like, nah, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking like, I, I don't want no one hitting me that much. <laughs> I get hit enough on my parents, dog. I'm good. Nah, when man. did you start, like, beginning to rap? Was it, like, back in the day when you were little or high school? Um, like, when I was young, I used to be able to memorize an entire song. So, like, like whoop, there it is. Uh-huh. Whoop, there it is. Upside down and inside out. But I'll show all you folks what it's all about. Now, See, how we be like, I used to be like that. Make this motherfucking party hot. I'm taking it back to the old school because I'm an old fool who's so cool. You know, like, this is me like at eight years old. You know, did had you, it all memorized. Did you get the, the cassette? You open it and it has all the words you memorized? Okay. No, I just listen and what? just, I just listen over and over and I got good at memorizing it. Uh-huh. And I would be able to perform it. You know, that's like me at my youngest, just like having a knack for mm-hmm. music and timing and knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, I never knew how to count bars or mu- I was never musically taught, oh. but I could keep a rhythm and I could anticipate the next drop and the next move and the next hit. And then you start seeing the notes in between and it starts making mu- making sense. And you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that I could do this till I got older. Mm-hmm. And I would meet musicians, and, and they had that same thing. But they were either mm-hmm. taught or they were just naturally. Then I'd meet fools who rapped and did shit, and they never knew how. They never knew how to count bars. They just, they just rapped. Like, they just knew how to write the words and make them rhyme, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always had a knack for it since I was young. But, you know, I started writing my stuff, like, around middle school, high school. And, um, like I said, I played basketball. I kind of didn't ever pursue it in high school. Like, there wasn't really a scene... Unless I was like with my homies and chilling or like the rare occasions when someone would be like freestyling or something, like I'd jump in the mix and mess around, but what I year never was this? took it serious. What, what year was this? It was like 2004, 2005, gotcha. you know? Um, and then once I graduated high school, it was actually my homeboy who I hadn't seen in so long. And me and him were like best buds and shit. And he moved away and he came back to Boyle Heights to the hood. I'm like, what the fuck? I run into him. We're like adults now. We're like, you know, not adults, but you're like, we're like 19. And I hadn't seen him since we were like 14, 15. So it was just like, oh shit, what's up, bro? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and I would rap with him back. Like he'd show me his raps and I'd show him my little written raps too. Like, and we'd like kind of, you know, compete. Yeah. And he was, he was a lot better than me. Mm-hmm. And um, once he came back and he's like, oh yeah, I still been rapping. You still, you know, I'm like, nah, I haven't done shit. Mm-hmm. And he just inspired me. He would have these fucking books and books of rhymes. And what? he was really good at fucking putting words together, bro. Super talented ass dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he, if honestly, if it wasn't for that, his name was Jay, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And um, he, me and him, were the, we started our own little like group when we first started. It was called Ghetto Galactic. <laughs> ghetto Galactic. Yeah. Okay. And fools will be like, what's up with this Ghetto Galactica shit or the good, good, what, what do you guys call yourself? Like, fools will be clowning in the hood. He's a robot from Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a rap, one we would rap, rap over, the fucking uh, Intergalactic. Galactic so, so trip out. Like, that that beat, we rapped over it and we came up with the word, with the song Ghetto Galactic. That's what we called it. Yeah. And then we ended up just calling our fucking group that. I don't even know how. Like, I've always been the type of person like call it that and fucking run with it you could call your shit the stupidest shit ever or the most clever you want to call your you know all that and have a deep meaning go for it imagine you had a logo i used to have a, a logo like what was it, like a robot it was like a g and a g oh okay well, i'd be like a robot and shit like that like you know yeah, like yeah. whatever like godzilla yeah. shit dude godzilla oh <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fool who like got me into it and mm-hmm. once we started working you know my 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 fucking passion took over from there man like i didn't know anything i was doing 
it just I've always just had like a fearless attitude and just like a willingness to ask and to be curious about shit. And that's always been my personality. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I was able to get good at basketball. That's how I was able to get good at throwing parties and shit like that. I used to mm-hmm. ask the fools throwing the party like, hey, how did you do this? Like what? He's like, oh yeah, before I know this fool, and I, I know the owner. And I'm like, damn. That's a... So you know, and I just start dissecting it, and then be like, I could do this. I could do this. And like my homies would be like, we could. You know, you you shit talk. Everyone watches all that shit. You can see anyone doing anything and be like, I could do that, fool. I could design a shirt. I could do that, fool. I could ride that bike fucking 50 miles. I can ride Like everyone thinks they can do everything, right? And and especially like I feel like in the hood, like we live in a dream, like this dream bubble of like ghetto kids and their impoverished dreams, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. and like I'm the fool who like would say it and be like, nah, I'm going to do it. Like fuck that! I'm I'm actually gonna go and try this shit. And mm-hmm. even if I look like a di- goddamn fool, at least you fucking tried. At least I fucking tried, and I always improve. So I'm like, you know, and and one gem that that uh, Jay Prince dropped. Jay Prince is the the founder of Rap a Lot Records from Houston. Oh, he uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's, oh. a, he's a great speaker. Yeah, bro. he used to be the manager. He used to help out with Floyd Mayweather back in the day because Floyd was looking for a manager. He's like, come on, help me, come on. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll DM you so, that. So, Jay, yeah, Jay Prince, I got to hear him speak in He's very Atlanta. Smart. He's very smart. Very smart. And I read his book. His fucking book is great. It's called The Art and Science of Respect. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he, in one of his gems was that as long as you're improving and you're consistent, you're always going to have fans. You're always going to have people cheering for so you. That is so good. So and, true. And, and, and I could look at all my shit, and I don't care if I just went from 1 to 1.1. 1. 1 then to 1.2, and then to 1.3. Even at that pace, I outpaced and outlasted a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then when I started turning into ones, to twos, to sevens, to 10, to 11, to whatever level now, 10,000 fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. Every time I've improved and, I've, and as long as you just keep seeing me, you're gonna fucking cheer for that person. You know, it's so true. You're gonna win. Yeah, and, and, and you know, look at the people you support right now, even subconsciously, like, if you buy their shirt, if you like like their shit, if you follow their page, it's probably because of that. You see them a lot. They're deadly consistent. Like, even when you get tired of them, there's plenty of people you're like, man, I'm tired of this motherfucker. Ah, people get tired of me, they unfollow me. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll come back. You know what? They'll see you a year from now and be like, you know what? Follow again. And not only that, I'm fucking proud of this motherfucker because he outlasted my bullshit. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? And also, there's a $25 fee if you want to follow me back. <laughs> But, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, I just want to see people win. Like, you know, I, w- earlier I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy T-shirts because I've always been a supporter. Always to help out small business, anyone coming up and all that stuff. But I feel like now these days with social media, people are so focused on social media a lot. You know, people get mad like, oh, my God, I just lost over 100 followers or this. Whatever. I don't care about the numbers. Like you said, just keep on pushing content out much as you can. Right. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. You're going to have haters hardcore fans and all that but you know what those are the ones who are going to keep on supporting you i even have haters since day one here in my fucking podcast and that's crazy you know but hey some people you know they i've been through that too dude like my early days it felt like i had more haters than followers or like supporters you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. um and maybe you it's it's partially our own fault for fucking focusing on them um but also you know it's just that in the beginning you're the easiest to tear down and mm-hmm. people are projecting, you know, they're projecting their own like failures or their own shortcomings on you. And they just want it to be true. You know, they want it to be true that 
you can't do this. You can't make it. You can't like no, you, you no. Can, you couldn't make it, motherfucker. You couldn't. Do Not you, me. Do like, you, do do you get criticized? You know, like with our own people, they criticize us. You know, like love and hate, whatever. But do you get criticized like oh, you're not a true Boyle Heights guy in this. Do you get criticized like that? Honestly, from our own cities. Honestly, like, no, I don't. Huh. I, for whatever reason, people tend to avoid talking shit to me a lot, and then the few crazy fuckers that have come into my radar of this, I immediately just block them, block them out, don't pay no attention, because people like that thrive off of it. And they're so experienced at it. And one thing I've all I learned is that don't play someone else's game. They're gonna win. So if they're good at trolling, they're good at talking shit. They're good at like some people are just good at that. And I'm and I've been at all in awe at people mm-hmm. like that. Literally, mm-hmm. I've been like, God damn, you are a fucking great shit talker. You are a great rotten person. You are a fucking shitty person. <laughs> and I'm, I'll commend you for it because in reality, it's hella sad. Like, how are you this good at talking shit? How are you this good at pointing out all the negative stuff and everything? Like, you just have this crazy perspective and, and, and fucking look at the world. And, and I'm not even going to hate you for it. That's you. Do your thing. But I'm, don't expect me to participate. Peace out. And that's why I block people immediately. Mm-hmm. Because also, you keep them around. Or there's some people, like, I see people on social media. Fools that I follow. Fools that I like. And they love to call people out. I love to make them a joke because it's proven. Like I've even taken classes or not classes, but like heard lectures where they say conflict's good for your for your thing. You'll get more likes when you're arguing with someone. You'll Ooh. get more shit like that. Like it's true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that person could have your shit banned or fucking create all this trouble for you. So before mm-hmm. it ever even gets to that point, before they're trying to ban you from IG and saying that you're putting this bullshit that you're not and doing all this, I just say block. Peace, focus your negative ass attention on someone else. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's worked out for me beautifully over these years. And on top of that, like, I haven't, um, I feel like people have avoided that with me because for that reason, like, you know, you, know you ain't gonna get a rise out of me. Like, yeah. Like, I've had people close to me, close to me try to shit on me. And I'm just Don't like, Don't you hate that? I'm just like, man, God bless you. God bless you. I'm not going to give you none of my energy and it's going to drive you fucking crazy because you just want a reaction from me. I think it's so true. The more higher you get, the more lonely it gets on the top. And I always feel like you got to have your your small circle. And when, like I know with you, you're, me and you are different, but for me being a podcaster, I meet so many celebrities, meet so many people, but when people say, Megan, I want to be friends with I want to hang out with you, but... But the intentions of who they are or the experience of my past experience of who I just, I'm good. I would just keep it professional and stuff like that. Right, right. That's why you got to put certain people in certain categories right, and stuff right. like that. Because I think my only small circle is my family, my kids and all. I mean, a couple of people. But you have, to, you have to be like that because there's leeches out there. Yeah, very much so, man. And I, I mean, I've learned. I've been pretty good. But yeah, there's, I have examples too of times I won't talk about them. But nah. there's times I've learned my hard lessons and trusting yeah. the wrong people and like yeah, yeah. having the wrong person in your ear, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to listen. At the end of the day, it's up to us to listen. It's, us, it's up to us who we follow and who we're giving our attention and mm-hmm. our energy to. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I can control. It's, oh, yeah. It's my own, you know? Yeah. And so I always remind myself that. Like, if I'm keep staying true in my shit and I'm staying level headed in my own self, then it's just like my diet. My diet of what I'm intaking mm. from an energy standpoint, mm-hmm. it's on me to regulate, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and I've been pretty good at it. And now that I've gotten older, it's like like that, that 
that foundation is pretty much unshakable. Mm-hmm. Like, like you gotta be goddamn fucking the devil to get me now. Like, that's the only person who'll probably be able to convince me otherwise. And I've and I know I've sat across from him and and have said no. Mm-hmm. I've had people offer me hundreds of thousands of dollars for my company, for my idea, to manage me, to sign paperwork, to do something like get the fuck out of here. Like, I heard him out all the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, sounds good. Sign your life. Well, I mean, your name on the contract. Yeah, like, 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 that, like Dre Day. Yeah, like, you know, like, I'm going to do all this for you, but I need you to sign this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll make it happen. Sounds good. You're going to do it. Oh, good, good. Cool. I'll see you later, dude. Never hear from him. See him again. Do you, like, do, you, fuck do you trip out when you see, when you hear the stories of Tony A from Rodin Radio, shouts to him, when you hear all these stories of all these people that got ripped off and this, and I was like, damn, it's, it's like really cutthroat. It's like vampires out there just sucking the life out of you. Okay, sign this for this contract and you get a certain amount of money, but you get a percentage and this or you. That's crazy, man. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard it all. You know, like when I came into the music industry, all the record companies, all that shit were dying. Yes. Streaming saved the music industry for now. Mm-hmm. It'll be dead again. It will. Mm-hmm. Um, but from CDs to streaming, how much money went down and how oh, much yeah. the, the industry, how much money the industry lost is fucking astronomical. It's crazy. But the industry is still doing biz- billions. Don't get me wrong. It's still a lucrative mm-hmm. industry for those who are in it and, and doing it professionally, you know, and the big names mm-hmm. and the, the people who make money off of them. Like, it's still a hell of money, but yeah. it's not where it was. So, like... I can, I've only heard of the stories. I still know of who's now who signed contracts they probably shouldn't have mm-hmm. or go into deals thinking that the label's going to do everything for them or something's going to happen and it just doesn't pan out. Okay. And they, people have even told me, like, homies who signed, even to their other homie or some other fool started a record label, signed them and now they're under contract and they can't release anything else until they release this. They're not seeing eye to eye, so now all their buzz goes away. All their fans go away, all this, because they're, con- they're contractually obligated to not release any music unless it's on the label, to not do any public appearances unless it's approved by the label, unless this and that. So, you know, it happens. It happens. And some fools are like, all I want to do is get signed. Then they do, and they think everything's going to be kosher. But no, it's like getting signed is like almost when the when the real work starts, you know? like Damn, man. It's a lot of but, pressure. You know, we in the indie scene now, man. The indie, and the indie scene is a billion-dollar industry. Oh, yeah. It barely became this. 2021 was the first time independent music made a billion dollars. So, you know, it was projected to make a billion. So it's been a long time coming. That billion used to belong to the big boys. And now it belongs to a bunch of little, a bunch of little eaters, you know. And I, I fancy myself one of them. It's just, um, 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 I'll eat all that shit up. I always, I always been a huge indie fan because um, when back in the day, MySpace, you know, back in the day, I was like a top eight. People get buttery. You took me off your top four. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> with all the indie music that was coming out, I was like, because a lot of people like, you know, when you go to, to the Rolling Stones source, you know, Rolling Stones a lot, like have all these indie bands playing these radio stations. Like, who is this? Who is that? Who was under? It was like, it was new music. But I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, I always show love to indie people. I love it because you're just, you're getting out there and you don't have a contract with a major deal and this, whatever. You're, you're just putting, you're just doing it on your own. Like, like we're here, we're in the studio right now. You, you can make your own music here. You can make your own beats. You're doing it. You're like, you're like, you're like your own CEO. Right. That's how I see it as. Yeah, man. And, and to me, I mean, that just fits me more. You mm-hmm. know, that fits me more. I never really fit into uh into uh you know the bubble or into someone else's idea and mold mm-hmm. um I'm text my lady back right now it's all good 
And she's like, what are you doing? That's how my lady I don't know was. If I, I don't know if I told her I was going to be doing like a podcast. <laughs> my lady was like, you know, you got to come back at a certain time, right? It's like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> I need my guy type. <laughs> but it's all good, dude. Because when we have uh, people who are hearing this, when you have ladies and shit, we have Latina women, they always want to check up. They always want to check up you every five minutes. They want to make sure you're still breathing and shit, you know? Yeah. Like, you're okay, you know? <laughs> Let me do it. Send you, uh, put your notification on. Put your location on. <laughs> it's all good. So, that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I like being my own CEO. I like doing it. it. It has its advantages. Obviously, there's times things get tough. We might be you know, uh, hit like a slow patch and money might be yeah. slow and shit like that. And then mm-hmm. on the flip side, shit, there's times that it's really great. It's really great mm-hmm. to be able to do it all and, and get a big slice of that pie when the big check comes in or oh, yeah. the big booking comes in and mm-hmm. you know you're going to make, mm-hmm. you know, a couple thousand dollars or get this really nice opportunity and you're like, damn, I'm really glad, you know, I, I, I'm able to, to, to see a lot of these, a lot of this revenue and I could actually map it out and control it, you know, and it... To me, that's better. That's better than, say, making a, a million fucking, but, you know, having to go through all this shit or you're, you're really making someone 10 mil and you walking away with one, you know, mm-hmm. like, nah, hell no. Yeah. I'd rather make a 90% of my, of my bigger slice, you mean, of my smaller slice than a smaller of the bigger. It just makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's just really like I've, you're, you're putting in work and time for your own name, for your own brand. Yeah, man. And I could eventually leave this shit for my son, you know? Yeah, you gotta leave something for him. So right now, we're gonna take a break right now. And when we get right back, uh, I wanna talk about all the music and stuff because there's a lot of good music that he puts out that it's, to me, very inspiring. But also for all the listeners, they wanna hear some of the music that, that you know, that you put out. Dope. Right? We'll be back. Take a break right now. What's up, everyone? Mega Man. I hope you're liking this episode. Everyone, follow my boy, Viva Mascal. That guy is blowing up. Very, very underrated. Um, it's an honor to have him. Um, I like what he's doing in the city of Ball Heights. He puts out very, very uh, good music. Very inspirational. I mean, uh, no lie, everyone. I'm, you know, I'm just going to be straight up honest. I listen to his music every day uh, for for motivation. <clears throat> you know, I get up in the morning. It just his music is just. I love his music. It's awesome. Hey, I just want to say because I know, um, I know my Giants lost. You know, to the Dodgers, and it was a good rivalry. It was a good game, and uh, I just want to say best of luck. Uh, I know uh, the Dodgers are playing um, the Atlanta Braves, and I know uh, it's one one, and so. Um, you know, it, whoever was going to win that series, the Giants and the Dodgers, probably going to win the World Series. But, um, you know, it was, it was an awesome game. Um, best of luck to the Dodgers. Uh, <clears throat> hope, uh, you know, you guys get to the World Series and, and get that ring and just bring it back to Cali. So to all the Dodger fans, man, kick some ass, man, because, you know, if, if, if it was going to be the Dodgers or, or the Friscos, either way. But it, it was an awesome series, and I can't wait. Um until we meet again, hopefully, I don't know when, but, you know, I can't wait for uh, the next season. And also, um, I'm beginning a lot of love and um, a lot of people uh, DM me is like, Mega Man, you're bringing a lot of good people on your podcast. So, yeah, I want to end the year on a good note and also um, 
I just added a four secret guest, special, very, very special guests. And um, I can't mention, but uh, there's some good people. And, uh, and that's the thing, you know, when you're a podcaster, you always want to better the podcast. You always want to bring a lot of good people to have their stories told. And that's what I'm doing. And, and I do a lot of homework. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll see this again. You know, there's been a lot of people who wanted to come on the Mega Mass podcast. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not going to be free until uh, next year of of April or or I think the beginning of May. That's how booked I am, guys and ladies. But um, I'm free to do other people's podcasts. Um, the Mega Man After Dark is going to be in full effect uh, starting next month. Uh, just been work. It's been kind of crazy. But it's it's good. Family, work, and podcasts. And... Um, yeah, there's a lot of good things are coming next year, and I can't wait. And uh, everyone, uh, like I said, uh, if you have time, uh, follow my boy Viva Moscow, and also uh, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review on Apple Podcasts to make the the Mega Man climb the ladders and everything. And uh, and one last thing, God bless Widmas. And a lot of people will know, like, why is Mega Man keep on saying God bless Widmas? If you're from the Wilmington, California area, then you should know. I mean, Wilmington is coming up. Um, I know there's been people reaching out to me. They want to come on. Um, I want to bring a lot of good people from Wilmington because uh, Wilmington, California has um, good people from art, music, podcasts, small businesses. I mean, the whole the whole nine. And uh, I want to bring them on and have their stories told and, and give them a little push and give them a little shine, you know. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. I love you guys. Stay blessed. Go Dodgers. And let's get back to the episode later. And we are back. Jeez. I guess our I guess our ladies keep keep on calling us, dude. Yeah, you know, you gotta check in. Fifty minutes is long enough, you know. Damn, it's like, well, I get does he still love me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's what I do. But um I wanna get to, to your music, but first I wanna start there's some there's a little some stuff going on in the in Boyle Heights with the history. What's going on with Cinco Puntos? So I was at Cinco Puntos this past Sunday doing a photo shoot there, and I ran into um, the homegirl, Sophia, and she does community work. Mm-hmm. And she informed me that they're planning on removing the memorial that's there at Cinco Puntos to create a roundabout. And most people think, oh, what's wrong with that? You know, a roundabout, they put it in the city, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is like Cinco Puntos and that memorial is for Chicano um, soldiers that died in World War II. Gotcha. So that fought and died in World War II. So, um, you know, they the thing about that area and that 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 landmark is it's like purposely neglected. So the city doesn't take care of it. It doesn't get watered. It doesn't have beautiful flowers. It doesn't. When you walk by, it looks like it's like, you know, it looks a little fucking abandoned in a way. You know, it has the memorial, has the plaques there, but it's definitely not the most beautiful part of our city. And and then you know. The city comes and says, "Hey, look, we're gonna beautify it. We're gonna we're gonna take care of it," and people in the community get pissed off because they're like, "Man, you've been neglecting this shit for years. Now you want to come in with without any of our own say, and now build a roundabout to spend more money and make more money, and and you want to remove this? Like like nah, chale. Like leave it as it is or fix what it already is. Don't mm-hmm. go and do something else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to agree with the people in the community. Like, you know, they ask me to support." 
So I supported and mm-hmm. I and I shared I shared a sign that she had and I told you know in my caption I said don't mess with cinco puntos fool you know like like why the city chooses to do that and not clean up the homeless people under the freeway and Ugh. not do any of this yeah is beyond me you know what I mean our, our city councilman Jose Weizar without getting too much into politics like he got caught up in all kinds of stuff he's doing a he's with the with the FBI right now they have him in court but he sold you know um, rights to properties and. And um, building contracts to the Chinese and to rich people, and he sold pieces of Boyle Heights and pieces of LA away. Damn. So it's like that around here. So you know, people recognize it and people know it, and 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 they're not dumb, you know. And so they see it as another thing. Like, look, here goes another piece of our community taken away because they just they just want to neglect us out and bring in a new identity, a beautiful one. But what else is that going to bring? More people who want to gentrify the area. Oh, yeah. I heard a story, I think it was like months, months ago, where people were getting evicted from the house because of Caltrans. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. It was in El Sereno, around that area. Because you know where the um, the, the 710 freeway is stopped? Mm-hmm. And they want to still build that freeway still to right. connect to... to uh, well, well, they try to do that with Pasadena. They try to build yeah. another freeway through that. Yeah. Pasadena said, fuck you. And they didn't halted them right in their tracks mm-hmm. why because pasadena got money because they got connections they got pool you know and boyle heights doesn't get that same shit and that's what we're saying like boyle heights stood up and fought where what all they what they did is they brought attention to the to the problem and and activists and crazy motherfuckers you know tagged up shit and threw rocks and did all this shit and it was kind of a of a you know sore subject for the hood like for the community like damn we didn't want to be known for doing shit like that that's kind of fucked up yeah we're a working class community we don't want to hate on other working class people Mm. but at the same time they had to do something and that's what they felt needed to be done to bring to bring awareness to that issue Mm -hmm. so i'm like for me i'm like a little devil's advocate i'd be like i understand but also i see why it's fucked up now i can't (laughs) stop gentrification with a rock but at the same time I like broken shit. So go do your thing. Go break some shit. And then, like, I'm just the fool right there. Like, like I told you, I feel like I'm the broadcaster and I'm also the journalist, the hood journalist. Like, I write this shit and I see it and I try to just put it out in the music in bits and pieces and bring certain attention. Now, at the same time, I'm no activist. And I've said that before. And mm-hmm. people have tried to throw that at me. Like, oh, like you said, like, I never got into, oh, you're not real, boy. Oh, real this. I've actually gotten the opposite where it's like, you're so Boyle Heights, you're so this, you have a, a responsibility to talk about this or to agree with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, nah, fuck you. Like, my opinion and my view is never fixed. Like, like hell no. I, I have a right as a fucking human being to hear all the issues, hear every side, and to make my fucking decision. Mm-hmm. Fuck you for thinking that you're entitled to my support. And fuck whoever else thinks that I'm going to agree with them. Just the same way, you know what I mean? Or is going to take advantage of my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You guys are both wrong. Like, hell no. And that's what happens to the guy in the middle or to the normal person. Like, Damn. you get fucking, you're not on our side? You're not a fucking, you're, you're, no, you're not a liberal? Oh, then you're a right wing? Oh, you're mm-hmm. the right wing. Oh, you're, you're, you're brainwashed. You're a fucking Democrat. You're like, oh my God, shut, both of you motherfuckers are fucking stupid, <laughs> first of all. Like, both of you guys sound dumb as fuck to me. Like, mm-hmm. y'all are just letting other people dictate your thoughts. What do you really think? Like, mm-hmm. what do you really feel about it? And when, how do we improve this thing? Yeah, like, so when you see stuff on TV and the news, on social media, or stuff that's going um on with your city now switching gears this i want to talk about the music this is where your lyrics your the writing comes into play where i need to talk about 
what I'm going, what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, what's going on in my city, what's going on in East Los. I mean, tell me about that. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of everything. Like when I'm writing my lyrics, I just try to pull from what's going on around me in my mind, but mm-hmm. also, you know, just just having a fresh perspective and almost try to challenge the status quo, you know, and not mm-hmm. be, you know, so predictable and shit. Like, like I'm always just trying to, trying to better myself and better my sound, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely, definitely influences me, man. And mm-hmm. just, like I said right now, like going outside my neighborhood and then this last year, year and a half has been hard for the community, you know? Boyle Heights had a high infection rate of COVID. We had a high death rate of COVID. Fuck. Mexicans in general, Latinos, died more than any other race in America with, from COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, we're 30% of the population, but we're like 70% of the deaths. So, like, it's, it's pretty fucking Isn't crazy. Isn't that kind of weird? They focus more on blacks and, and, and Mexicans? Like- well, I mean, when you look at it, it's probably just because Mexicans, you know, for I believe it's two reasons why when I see that shit, like, my grandma will tell me these things. She'll be like, you know, we're, Mexicans are dying the most. I'm like, yeah, because... Who's working all the normal jobs and all the, all the essential workers? Yeah. And then who's the most stubbornest motherfuckers you ever met? Who don't go to the doctor? Who don't fucking? Who never take care of themselves? Who fucking? Who still drink? Who still do this? Who still do that? Uh, you could be true. half dead. What what culture actually <laughs> yeah. fucking celebrates this? Put put it, drink a drink a seven up. Fuck like <laughs> we are we are. So don't tell me there's not like a correlation of that shit. Like that's just how we're brought up. We are hey, fucking. Hey, my hands broken. Nah, it's okay. It's nah, just great. Cool, it's all. Like, hey, but I gotta go back to work, dog. Like like I can't call at work. Dude. Can't call out. Can't no one believe in workers come. No one believe in your rights. Nothing like. Nah, I show up for work and that's it. And and I think that ultimately is what got people, why the numbers are much, much higher, mm-hmm. like straight up. So, you know, I look outside, I look at both eyes, I'm like, fuck, bro, like, we're hurting. We're hurting as a community. Like, like gang banging is up. Homeless people is, is up. Fucking, you know, there's assault on vendors are up. Oh, and, God, and, tell me about that. And, you know, the hood is just like crazy to me right now. And, and I mean, it's not like I have this fucking song you can listen to right now that sums it all up no like i i haven't written that song i just have bits and pieces here and there in my album and and shit i'm talking about that i'm Mm -hmm. pulling from you know Mm -hmm. i still want to have dope lyrics i still want to have like your lyrics you know i also want to have like clever bars for the rapper fans like the rap rap fans who like rhyming and stuff and then Mm -hmm. and then i want to have the bars where i'm talking to my people directly and then i want to have raps where i'm talking to everyone you know that anyone can experience and the insecurities of being an artist and the highs and the lows and the, the hustle, like turning nothing into something. Yes. I'm not saying that I, you know, I'm not Fortune 500, but damn, I used to sleep on my mom's floor, you know, fucking with the fucking a blanket and one pillow and, and my little rhyme book, bro. And, and I had to hear it all. Oh, you're not working. I believe I didn't work anything for, I was like, I won't be an artist. I'm going to grind 100% as an artist. I got to figure out how to make money, how to do this, how to do that. And I failed miserably for years and years and years. You know, like not years and years, but like I failed miserably for a while where Mm -hmm. I was always broke or I was always struggling. I had to fucking swallow my pride. I went from having my full-time job and my car and my apartment to back at my mom's, back on the floor, back to borrowing 10 bucks, 15 bucks and being a broke-ass fool and this and that. Like... And I had to swallow that pride just so that I, for me to live a life of an artist and, and give enough time to my yeah. craft and to this. And, and I would be at that job like fucking eight hours. Like, God damn. Like, like you could be oh, doing eight hours, man. Stuff, doing nah, this, I could doing be doing that. anything, you know, I'm 22, uh, 23. Like, 
man, how do I do this? I know, and I see people doing it. I know I can do it. And Were you worried back then? Like, I got to do it, man. It's, I have to do it. If not, I don't want to be that shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. I mean, in the hood, bro, like, the number one theme I had that I saw that I recognized myself, no one taught me, was, like, this this happy loser mentality that we carry as, like, Chicanos. Like, we never the world champs. We're the fool who, who like, broke his hand in the preliminaries, but he was, like, gonna knock everyone out. But damn, fool, then I, then I hurt my hand. Or, you know, like, not to say, like, a sports or anything, but, I mean, even with people's ambitions, like, I was gonna open up this business, but then so-and-so screwed me over, and then, you know, I had the, I had the, the gambling problem. And like, then, you Paco, know, go to go some blood and blood out. Yeah, fool, <laughs> fool. That is the hood, bro. Like, like you know, and, and I saw that story happening, and I even found myself starting to tell it. Like, Fuck. like oh, I could have done this, but this happened and this, and, like, and I'm like, man, it's just like a hood mentality. Like, you just get so caught up in, in, in coming close enough. And I'm like, nah, like, I want, I want to make it. Like, I want to do this. I want to have these things accomplished. And I knew, you know, I think I said this last time, but like, you know, even with Tony, I was like, you know, the moment I knew that it kind of clicked over was when the same people who were doubting me were asking me for advice. Oh, wow. So then still to this day, certain people that probably that I know laughed at the fact that they heard I was a rapper yeah. or, or were just like not supportive. Like they're the same people who who like will full circle came back and were like, hey, bro, how do you launch a business? Hey, bro, um, how do you make a flyer? How do you do Hey, like my my son's starting to do music? How did you do this? How did you make a, how did you, how do you get your beats? How do you like, just inquisitive and be curious. I'm like, that's dope. Like, I'm glad they're asking me, but it's so funny. Like, like I, I went from the, the, the fool who can never do it to now the only expert they know. You know what I mean? Like the only fool close enough that they know that did it, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. so, you know, that, that's when it clicked in my head. And that was already a few years ago when I saw that. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm almost walking through these new shoes now in this new lens where it trips me out sometimes, you know, and I don't even mean to be, you know, I went in New York and like, let's talk about humbleness that. in New York is, is not easy to come by. New York motherfuckers are the they'll, most cockiest, most they'll tell you straight self-assured, out. most fucking loud motherfuckers you ever going to meet on earth. And I love it. And I love it. But when, even when I was meeting their energy and I'm just like talking to fools, like even the fool who's okay, just, just projects himself and just has this like aura, like, man, I'm, I'm really good at what I do. And then the fools who are really good, they're they're carved from that tough fucking criticism and constantly being like, nah, fuck no, man, you ain't shit. And like, but you have to carry yourself like you are. If you don't have confidence, if you can't talk in New York, they're gonna eat you up for fucking. Did breakfast. you ever battle? Did you ever battle? Some people. Nah, I, I didn't battle no one. Like, like, no, no one's going crazy like that, like on some hip hop. I shit like, like battle that. stuff. I mean, that would be dope and shit. I'm have you not ever battled? To that. Have you ever battled back in the day? Back in the day, I used to battle. Yeah. Oh shit. That's how I kind of got over my stage fright. But my point is, is like. Like, people in New York are so, like, out there like that, and that's so hip-hop. And then when you come back home to L.A., and, like, even with myself, like, like sometimes we're too humble, and we're too, like, ah, it's cool what I'm doing. What I'm oh. doing is, like, the next thing. It's cool. It's cool. My little thing. My little thing. Like, fuck that. Like, nah. This is, this is my everything. This is my art form. This is, this is, this is the best thing I'm, I'm, I'm at in life. Like, this is the thing I do best. And like I need to, I need to be self-assured about that. I need to let people know, like, nah, man, I'm. My name's Mescal. I'm the dopest rapper you ever heard. Fucking out of East Los, out of LA. Period. Fuck. I'm nice. You ain't heard of me. Slap yourself on the side of the head. You tripping. And and that's the type of shit. And like now I'm like, like before you kind of like, 
projecting that. And now I look at my life, like not even on some shit, but I'm like, man, I walk through my city, like I get love, I get respect. I get, I get that, right? I drop some shit, I get people. I have my fan base that fucks with me, that love me. Like mm -hmm. these are the things I used to dream about and want. Wanted it so bad, you know? I, I used to want to sell out shows. I used to want to travel. You know, I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow. Like, like next week I'll be in San Antonio, you know? I was just in New York, you know? Um, before the pandemic, I was in Puerto Rico. You know, that was just on some personal shit, but it was just like traveling is just so second nature to me now. Mm -hmm. And before it used to be as far away as the moon, bro. Like, used to sit in my backyard, broke, fucking hopeless. You know what I mean? Like, stare at the moon and feel like my dreams were that far. Like, you're as likely to get on that fucking thing. Now I believe I could go to the fucking moon if I wanted to. I truly believe that. Elon Musk. Yeah, I could hit, be, on, hit up Elon one day. Yeah. One day I hit up Elon and be like, hey, fool, let me get a flight to Mars, dog. Don't trip. Jeff Bezos, dick, dick spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, no, that, that's know, good. That, that's, that's just... That's good, but it's like... It, it, yeah, you have to... When you come back from New York, it's like, I got to get out there. I got to get more aggressive, you know? Yeah. Because I heard a thing where... Like a, someone said, um, I could be a king of my own city, but I want to be a, a ruler in all the world. Mm -hmm. Like you could be so comfortable in your own city of Ohio, but I want to be where people give me that love and respect all over the world, which right. is, yeah. Right. And I think in a way, some people don't want to be stuck in the pond. You, you got to get out of the pond true, and true. try to get out I there. think you, But I think you got to be that king in your city before yes. you can go rule. Oh, yes. Because if you... Alexander couldn't conquer the world until he conquered his country and yep. went to that neighboring and then went yeah. like, then he got oh, the yeah. world, you know? Yeah. But, and that was my goal for, for one, for oh. day one. Like, I'm getting my hometown. If I don't get support here, mm -hmm. I am so fucked. And, you know, I know other artists or other people who probably don't like that. They try to grind in Boyle Heights. They try to do it in East Los and they weren't able to or they just didn't reciprocate this. They didn't get the same love reciprocated, you know? And, and it's like, you know, I get it. You know, maybe they feel a certain way towards me, but it's like, nah, man, I earned this shit. You earned it. Down for it, and not only that, but now I'm after the world. Like you could have, like, not in the, like you could have Boyle Heights, but it's like, nah, like, I, I got this. I wanna, I wanna be nationwide and worldwide, but I wanna get nationwide. You, you know? got, you got Felipe Esparza like stamp approval, dude. I mean, he always, he's always showing you love. He's Felipe's still alive. Homie, bro. What a fool. Yeah. yeah, I know, man, but. uh uh, I want to talk about your new album. Talk, mm -hmm. talk to me about that. Well, it's a, it's like a seven track album. I dropped it in May. Produced by the homie Nug Life Productions. Is this amazing producer? Mm -hmm. um, he's based out in the Valley, and he actually stays in Koreatown right now. But yeah, man, he's he's another Southern California kid, um, and he spent some time in the Bay. And his style is just so dope. I've been a fan of him. So it was dope during the pandemic to, to link with him and to make this album. So, you know, everything that happened last year is kind of me digesting it and going through it and while writing this new music. And yeah, man, I, I, I really love the project. I have some of my best music, I feel like, on there and, and the vibes and the, mm -hmm. the, the production, it just fits really well. That's awesome, man. Um, I got two more questions before we sign off. Uh, who was your inspiration? Like, from all this stuff starting, like, who would you... Who'd you looked up to like, man, I want to be like that person, but you know what? I want to put a little, little tweak of, you know, of what I do. I mean, like when I first started, it was like a mix of like, like Kanye, Immortal Technique and fucking Technique. Like Eminem. You know, I loved Eminem growing up, mm -hmm. like lyricism wise and just like, 
like creativity, you know, and I, you know, I grew up on West Coast hip hop. So the fact Dr. Dre produced for him, like, mm -hmm. was just like so dope too. You know, my uncles who are like hardcore West Coast heads and they liked Eminem, like he was this crazy white boy who killed all the records, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, like I said, like Kanye, when he first came out, like, um, College Dropout was such an influential album to With me. his braces, with his yeah, mouth yeah. jaw. Through the Wire. I remember the wire. watching I remember that, that on MTV. Shaka Khan, like, little sample. Yeah, like being amazed by that, you know? And like when I heard him, then I got exposed to like Jay Dilla and, and High Tech and, you know, fucking like uh, Mad Lib. And like, because mm -hmm. I'm like thinking Kanye is the Omega. And then you learn like, oh no, he was influenced by Dilla. And he was yeah. influenced by Premier. Hip Hop Evolution. And doing, yeah, and then you start digesting that. Mm -hmm. You're like... Oh shit! He he wasn't the first one to flip a high pitch sample like that and this yeah. and that like, so you know that's that's why that and then a moral technique who was just like, you know, that artist that like when you heard him at that time, like he was like the next Tupac. He was like saying the realest shit and, yes. and it was underground yes. as fuck and it was Super just like, fucking you know fuck the government and this crazy, crazy shit, shit and huh? it was just like mind blowing you know and so. When I first started, I, I kind of was like a little mix of all three of them, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then I looked up to like, you know, from like a business and like uh, uh, inspiration and, and kind of like a format of how to do things was like Tech 9 with Strange Music, mm -hmm. him being independent, like like his accolades even to this day are hella inspiring. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't bump all his music or anything, but like I follow him and, He's I, out there, and I watch him and I'm like, damn, you know, and... and there's certain artists, you know, like Pusha T, Royce the Five Nine, like these are another like two artists, lyricists, stuck to their music, stuck to their gun, and got success. So when people are like, "You gotta sell out, you gotta do this, you gotta conform," it's like, nah, that's just the, that's probably the scope you see the world in. But then I can show you ten examples of artists who didn't sell out, who made their fucking music, <laughs> whether it was about conscious shit, whether it was about fucking drugs and shooting people, whether it was about this or that. They did their shit to the fullest, never fucking compromised, and they made it. So don't tell me it can't be done or this or that. They just took a lot longer. Because you know what? They did 1.1, 1 1.2, 1. 1.2. 1. Yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. want to get the 5-pointer, the 10-pointer, even if it meant this or that. Mm -hmm. And they kept on doing it and steady improving and being consistent. And I couldn't help but cheer for them and, and be a fan of them, you know? And, and I guess that's my ultimate goal, man. Like, just try to reach more people... It's been one of my dreams to be a nationally touring artist, so like mm -hmm. have a national following where I can go state to state. You know, I'm not talking all fifty, but I mean, look at what Felipe does. You know what I mean? He's like, out there, man. He's out there. He's, he's doing a there. bunch of shows, and he's doing and he's, he's eating there. off of the live shows. You know, and, yeah. and and to me, that's the clearest and most sound way to success. To me, if I could put it at the very top. You're touring, you have your social media, you have your podcast, you have what you're doing. You're following the footsteps of, you see how Felipe is like, well, I want to be like that. And that's how you be success, you know? Yeah. And that's what I want to do too. But not like, like comedian, I, I don't know. I just want to do a podcast and, and just do something to, to inspire people, but also help out. And, and what you were talking about, we, you know, when you have money and stuff, you want to keep it in the city. You know, for all the revenues for help out the small business, and that's what I want to do. Right. And uh, dude, you have an awesome story, and I just want to say, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the Mega Man's podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, what's your goals for 2022? For 22, let's see. I want to get back to Europe and do a tour in Europe. Ooh. 
So that would be awesome. I want to do, yeah, a national tour. I actually got this idea. Nobody steal it. I'm going to do it. It's called the Frijoles Circuit. Mm -hmm. I pretty much hit all the southwestern states and cities and do a big circle. So it'll be like LA to SD to Phoenix or like to Yuma, Phoenix, to New Mexico, to Texas. And then circle back up to like Colorado, Pueblo, fucking <laughs> all the paisa cities in all of all of the Southwest, and do it and reach all those fans, bro, because they're like little Boyle Heights. Those are the those are the pages. Those are the cities that keep all those full pages and all those shits running, bro. Like I love it. Like you know, and, and we're 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 a big community, man, of just like you know, emerging emerging Chicano Latino just. Amer you know, people, bro. We're just people, man. And, and 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 we come from a similar background that unites us all. And where there's power in that, you know. And 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 I just I love that. And so that's one of my goals: get out there, do that, drop a whole bunch of dope music, and shit. I think. Let's see. What's another one? I want to do. I do want to launch a YouTube series that I have. I'm not gonna say it, but it, I have yeah, it in the yeah. works. And I would like to launch my my podcast as well, okay. even if it's just like a five ten minute podcast where I just drop some gems, you know, yeah. what I mean? drop some entrepreneurial Anything, gems dude. and some life gems. Anything. Um, but yeah, that probably be it right there. Those those are those are good for me. All right, and the Dodgers are gonna win the World Series. And the Dodgers are gonna win the World Series, you know, and they're gonna win the the West from the Giants. I'm calling it now. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I think we're at the end this right now. And, uh, well, I just want to say, Viva Moscow! Thank you for coming on the Megan Mass Podcast. Uh, do you have any shoutouts and where can everyone follow you at? So you can follow me on you know Instagram, Viva Mezcal, V-I-V-A-M-E-S-C-A-L. Mm -hmm. Check out my music and videos and merchandise mm. on vivamezcal.com. You can order right there. We ship to anywhere in the continental U.S. for free. So order some stuff and support the movement. And yeah, tap in, bro. Tap in with us. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts to make the Mega Man Podcast better. Uh, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, Shouts to my lady Cynthia. If not, she'll fucking kill me. Uh, Gavin, <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, Alex, uh, Emiliano. That's the weird. That's the real curious George. Uh, my daughter Luna. Daddy loves you. Um, everyone, follow my boy. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, once again, Viva Moscow. Thank you for coming on. There we go. All right. Go Giants. Oh, I mean Dodgers. <laughs> Later, everyone.